Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I was reading about a whole lot of people who celebrated Christmas in very unlikely and unusual places. One of them was an American fighter pilot in 2016 who wore a Santa hat and found himself over Syria on Christmas Day bombing ISIS. What an unusual way to spend Christmas. Then there's a man called Chris Seymour and he's worked in the energy and gas industry for the last 15 years and of those 15 years he has spent six Christmases on an oil rig called the Neptune Energy Gas Rig. What an unusual place to celebrate Christmas out in the middle of the ocean. In 2016, there was a military surveillance aircraft that spent the entire Christmas day 9,000 meters in the air surveying and analyzing certain territory top secret for the American government. Then in 2005, there were a whole lot of soldiers that were sent to Afghanistan and they celebrated Christmas far away from home in what they must have thought a most unlikely place they would ever celebrate Christmas. Think about nurses and doctors. Often we don't remember them, but they often celebrate Christmas in hospitals, taking care of people, delivering babies, and we really appreciate that they do that. In 2010, I was reading that some 2,000 passengers found themselves celebrating Christmas in Paris's Charles de Gaulle Airport. The reason was ice and snow swept across Europe and 400 flights were cancelled. And so airport authorities laid on beds, they laid on food and Christmas toys for the stranded passengers who found themselves celebrating Christmas in the most unlikely place. But the place that's got to be the most unlikely to spend Christmas is a place where meteorologist Tamsin Gray has spent seven Christmases. She's from the UK and she monitors weather and she has spent seven Christmases in Antarctica in the middle of nowhere. Christmas in unlikely places. I wonder if you thought today that you'd be celebrating Christmas at home. I never imagined it. Usually we're packed out in our buildings all across the country and we are celebrating and queuing up in cars and there's festivity and there's coffee across all our campuses and we just look forward to hearing all the reports. But today, here we are celebrating Christmas at home. Maybe you're at work, maybe you're in a restaurant, maybe you're in a holiday home. You're in a most unlikely place. And I wanna speak to you today about Christmas in unlikely places. Did you know that Christmas has always started off in an unlikely place? In fact, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. People expected him to be born in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the center of religious events, the center of religious life, just eight kilometers away. And that's why the wise men went there first, looking for him in Jerusalem, but he was born in Bethlehem, an unlikely place. And today we find ourselves in an unlikely place at home. Mary ended up in a stable putting Jesus in a manger. Jesus himself spent his first Christmas in the most unlikely place. You'd expect a pregnant woman to be in a hygienic environment with family and friends, but the Son of God appeared in a most unlikely place. Let's read the key text from Luke as we celebrate Christmas today and focus our thoughts on how God visited us in the most of unlikely of places. Luke chapter two and verse four, 
And the context is that there was a census. They were counting the population, and so Mary and Joseph had to participate in that. And reading from verse 4, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, a feeding trough, because there was no guest room available for them. What an unlikely place to place a baby. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terrified. You see, the glory can come to you at work. It can come to you in a stable. It doesn't have to be in a church building. If you're open to the glory of God today in the most unlikely of places, you can experience the glory of God and the glory of Christmas. Let's read on. It says, but the angel said to the, to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then the scripture says, angels appeared, myriads of angels in heaven, and they began to sing, and then they disappeared. And then it says in verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they responded to this revelation. They didn't just say, oh, wow, it's Christmas. They responded. It goes on to say, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told him about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. A manger, a barn, shepherds in the field at work, it says. They were living there. It was their workplace. And in the most unlikely of places, the Son of God was revealed to them. Heaven revealed the glory of Jesus' birth. Today, we need to be open. And no matter where we find ourselves, we need to be responsive and open to Christmas. Christmas isn't just in church, in the foyer, with uh, giveaways and, and wonderful carols. It's right where we are that God wants us to become aware that Jesus was sent to us. And Christmas this year is in a very unusual place and we need to celebrate it all the same. Now in the Bible, there are various verses and I want to just read a few to you where we find Christmas in the most unlikely of places, the most unlikely of books. And the first passage we read about Christmas is in the book of Philippians. Paul writing to them tells them of the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus, and how he was born and described what Christmas was like in the book of Philippians. Let's read it, Philippians chapter two. And he says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. 
Here we read that Jesus existed before time, then took on a human body, was born, came to the most unlikely of places, and he manifested himself and then died on a cross for us. Christmas has a purpose, not just the birth of Jesus to come and speak and teach, but Jesus' ultimate birth was meant to point to his death. And so this finite baby, the God of heaven, dwelt in him. Again, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, we read about who Jesus was. And the Christmas story is portrayed completely differently. And John speaks about the divine nature of Jesus. Again, in the most unlikely of places. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, speaking of Jesus. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. You remember in the book of Genesis when God speaks about creation and he says, let us make man in our image. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit participated in creation. And here John says, Jesus was there in the beginning of time. He helped create this world. And then he came and became a baby and was born in the most unlikely of places. He goes on to say here, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. In other words, what he's saying is the one who was and is and is to come, the creator of everything you see, allowed himself to take on a human body, to be put into a manger as a vulnerable baby in order that God might touch our world and reveal himself to us. Christmas is a most wonderful time. It's not a sentimental time. It's a time where God reaches through time and space and says, I love you and I want you to be my friends and I want you to be my family. Let's look at another verse in another interesting place, an unusual place, the book of Hebrews. And Paul writing to the Hebrews, or we think it's Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews, he says, but we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels. He was made human because in Psalm 8 it says that we are just a little bit lower than the angels. So he became like us. And he says, for a little while now, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. He died so that everyone need not experience the death that is final and leads to punishment. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their humanity came like us so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death he says here that Jesus came took on flesh to identify with us then to take our place to pay the penalty for our sins so that we didn't have to face that judgment ourselves. He became the ultimate sacrifice. That's what Christmas is about. God sending his own son to pay for our sins and to free us from the fear of death. One more unlikely verse, the book of Galatians chapter four. And here Paul writing to the church says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. What was the goal 
Not some sentimental arrival so we could just look at the baby and go, ooh. But he came to adopt us into his family. It says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, that's a slave to sin, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So here we find God sending his son into a hostile world to make us part of his family. And he sent him into the most unlikely place. And today, coming into the most unlikely places, into your home, onto your patio, into your garden, into your bedroom, into prison, Christmas is still celebrated in the most unlikely of places and has still got the same impact as we remember what Jesus came to do. I was reading a fascinating story about a man who works for the Salvation Army. And every year in December for the past 40 years, William Himes visits a prison in Chicago. There's some 10,000 inmates in that prison. And it's called Cook County Jail. You may have heard of it. And this is what he says of these visits at Christmas time and celebrating Christmas in a very unlikely place, a prison. He says, a member of our group announces Gentlemen, please listen as I read a bit of the Christmas story from the Bible in Luke chapter 2. Regardless of religious affiliation, a respectful silence falls on the room. Every phone conversation tails off. Following a brief prayer, everyone joins in singing Silent Night. At this point, an incredible thing happens, he says, every time. The cell block becomes a scene as spiritual and holy as any Christmas Eve service I've ever attended. Right there in the prison. He says even hardened gang members are touched to the point of tears singing this unlikely, culturally irrelevant old German carol. God's incarnation is experienced afresh. He says, as the carol concludes with a final sleep in heavenly peace, our group infiltrates the entire pod. We shake hands, even with those confined behind cell doors and look every inmate in the eye, wishing them God's blessing and Merry Christmas. It might not be movie material, but it's well worth the experience again and again. You see, like it was way back, the Lord came and Christmas occurred where the shepherds were, right where they were at, in the most unlikely place, in the field, in the barn, in a manger. God still comes today and reveals the Christmas spirit and the occasion of Christmas can take place and be experienced in the glory, no matter where you are, even in a prison. Quickly, three things Jesus came to do. He came to show us God's goodness and God's glory. We read that in John chapter 1. When Jesus was on the earth, he showed God was a loving God by healing and feeding people. And he showed God's goodness, demonstrating that God would forgive our sins in the person of Christ. Secondly, he came that we might receive adoption as sons. He didn't just come to teach us some good things that we need to do at work and how to behave socially. He came to make us part of his family, the heavenly family. He came to remove the barrier of sin so we could become children of God. And by receiving him and his sacrifice on the cross, we become part of God's family and are called the children of God. Thirdly, he came to free us from death and give us eternal life. 
And it's told to us in the book of Hebrews. Now, the reason he came to free us from death is because everyone who sins earns the punishment of death and gets sent to hell because we've chosen that path. But Christ came and said, I will take the penalty for their death. If they believe in me, they can be freed from death. So God's goodness is revealed. We become children of God. We're freed from the penalty of death and we're given eternal life. You say, well, that's wonderful. But you see, it's not just a fact. There has to be a response. And when you read the Christmas story and you see it's in unlikely places, there was still a response in those unlikely places. You'll remember the shepherds responded. And the first group of people here, let's just consider this for a moment. The first group of people where Christmas came in an unlikely place was to the shepherds. And the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone around them. But they jumped up immediately and said, let's go and see. The wise men, when they saw the star and knew that it was time for Christmas, they jumped up and traveled to Jerusalem expecting the Messiah. They came to worship and then the bible says the shepherds went out and told everybody so christmas requires a response he's come i want to see him i want to celebrate him and i want to worship him i wonder if you're in that group of people today most believers are doing that today and some christians say no don't celebrate christmas it's a pagan festival it's as good a time as any to focus on the wonderful thing that happened at christmas and it's good for us to talk about it to respond to it and to be grateful for it but there were two other groups of people. We haven't read about them today, but let me tell you about them because they describe people right where we are today. The second group was Herod. Herod and people like Herod who want to rule their own lives and who want to be in charge of their lives and won't bow the knee to Jesus. Herod heard about Christmas, but then he sought to kill Jesus and went around killing babies to and under in order to remove the threat to his own rulership. And the people today want to get rid of Christmas. I don't want any of that nonsense in my life. And it's a whole lot of rubbish. Are you one of those? Or are you one who wants to celebrate Christmas? But wait, there's a third group of people, and there are a lot of people like this. They were the religious leaders, the scribes, and the teachers of the law. When Herod went to them, they told him exactly when Jesus would come, who Jesus would be. They explained all the facts to Herod. Herod went off and tried to kill the baby Jesus, but the scribes and the teachers of the law knew the facts of Christmas, but didn't worship. They weren't against, they weren't for, they were just neutral. And today you can't just be neutral, know about it, know all the facts. You can't be against it. You need to be like the shepherds in the most unlikely of places, responding to the glory and worshiping God. Where do you find yourself today? And who are you today? Are you going to be like me, celebrate Christmas, thank God that he sent his son to die for us? I think it's a great time for us to remember Jesus, to thank the Father for the gift of his son and to respond to him today. Maybe you've known about Christmas, but you've never responded. I want to give you an opportunity right now, right where you find yourself in the most unlikely place to respond to the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a believer today, what we need to do today is to focus on him. If you're going to have a braai, if you're going to have lunch, you're going to eat in a restaurant, wherever you find yourself, don't forget Jesus. Let's remember him. Let's celebrate him. Let's talk about him because it is a wonderful thing that happened at Christmas. And although we're in an unlikely place, God can still be remembered and we can still celebrate Christmas.
Now, if you don't know Jesus, you've never responded to him. Maybe you've been against him. Maybe you've just been neutral. But you can't say, I worship him. And you can't say, well, I know him. You can know him. And he came that you might discover him, that you might know him, and that you might receive him. And like the shepherds, you need to draw near to him. You need to come and say, Lord, yes, I want to know you. I want to see you. And if you have that kind of attitude, Jesus Christ, who is now risen from the dead, will meet with you, save you, free you from the fear of death, give you the gift of being a child of God, and remove the fear of punishment in the future. You can know you're right with God. If that's you today, right where you find yourself in the most unlikely place, pray with me now. Pray this prayer. Father, I thank you for your son that you sent at Christmas that we might be redeemed, forgiven, and made children of God. Come into my life today. Make yourself real to me today. Reveal yourself to me today and make me a child of God. I open my heart and healed my life. I don't want to be the ruler of my life. I want you to be the ruler of my life. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. I receive you and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 